I need to, I need to tell somebody something. Um, help me pick out who I'm going to tell this to. Somebody in the room. No, I was thinking Anthony too. What's that? Uh, what's that? Anthony. Okay, I'm going to tell it to Anthony. Hey. So on Monday night, well, 4.30 to 5.30, we had an event. Uh, we're starting to go through a book called Uzmo. It's a class on like visual communication. And uh, Lynn was there. Uh, Eric was there, and that's Eric with an A. Uh, Russell was there. Ben was there. David was there. Uh, Vaughn was there. Brian was there. Tim was there. And Michael was there. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Now, what was weird about that? Nothing. That's incorrect. <laughs> what was weird about that? Eric with an A. Well, Eric with an A. Also, that is unusual. Listing all the people is kind of weird. How many of those people do you know? None. None of them. Okay. All right. Uh, Samuel, ask me what I was doing Monday night. I was at a work event, and we were uh, working on some visual communication, going through a book. Um, David was there. Uh, Russell was there, and Eric, with an A, was, was there. All right? Um, now, it would make sense for me to mention those three people. All right? I don't know if you remember Eric, um, because I think we were playing Pandemic while they were playing the Red Dragon Inn game. But he comes to improving game nights. So he knows those three people. So that would, be, that would make sense. Now, if I was to tell this to Catherine, I would mention those same three people. But I would also mention Lynn. Lynn, the uh, short, bubbly. You, you know Lynn. You've met Lynn several times. All right, so that would not be weird for me to mention these, right? Because they know these people. Now, if I was to go through the list with either of them, it wouldn't make much sense any more than it would make sense to him. All right. Now, do you see the relevance? It's not clear what the relevance is. Let's, let's, we'll figure that one out. Uh, if you would turn to John chapter 20, uh, 19, actually, is where we'll start. John chapter 19. Uh, a, a friend of mine sent a video to me. This was a video by a skeptic critiquing the accounts of the resurrection. And there was a number of things in it. One thing that he mentioned, which is a common thing to mention, all right, very common thing to mention, is that, well, you can't trust the resurrection accounts. Uh, because if you take, for example, the, the number of the witnesses of the empty tomb are different amongst the four accounts. Uh, there's one and one, there's two and another and three and another, therefore you cannot trust the resurrection accounts. Oh, Mike, okay, I, don't, well, I haven't actually looked in this tool for a while. So I went about reading my Gospels and realized that even though this is a common objection, it's actually really a terrible objection. Because all you have to do is read the Gospels, and it, it, that is explicitly contradicted by the actual text of the Gospels. So uh, we're going to do that today and just do some reading, all right? Because the only skill you need is the ability to read. Have you all learned to read yet? No, we haven't. Okay, all right. <laughs> just checking. Uh, John, uh, John 19, if we would. Let's start there. All right. 
so uh, if we start John 19, if you look at uh, verse 16, 17, you've got the crucifixion, all right? Um, and then if you go to 24, uh, they start talking about the garments of Jesus. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture, which says, they divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. And uh, let's jump forward to chapter 20. Now, on the first day, now this is the most important section here, all right? Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. All right, pop question. How many people were witnesses to the empty tomb? Right. I'll give you a second to answer. Uh, think about it, and then go your answer on three. One, two, three, go. One. What? Not you. Who? Okay. Four. What else? Three. Three. Okay. Now, now are we guessing? Now, for guessing, that's not helpful. All right. Now, if you listen to. Uh, People who aren't paying attention to this text. All right, uh, we'll talk about John over here. There's a typical order. They'll say how many? One, right? Mary Magdalene. All right. How do we know for sure there is not just one witness? She uses the term we. She uses the term we. Now, how many? We actually don't know from this text. It doesn't say. All right. But if you ever hear anybody say and this was this skeptic guy in the video, and this is a common thing said. There is one witness in the Gospel of John. All right? False. If you look at verse in chapter 20, verse 2, so she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. We do not know. John only mentions one person. All right. John only mentions one person by name. But John does not only mention one person. Now, what you could say is you could maybe go back to the previous account and say, as we were reading earlier, uh, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. All right? So there's four in that context. So we might think there's only four women in this band of people. All right? That is also going to be incorrect all right? because we're going to look at other Gospels. But we can at least see, all right, when we get to, for example, uh, I'm going to put some markers on here. So this is at the cross, all right? And there is, um, we'll skip a space, all right? Tomb, all right? And there is uh, the report, all right? So at the tomb in John, one person is mentioned, all right? But... When it comes to the report, there's clearly a plurality 
and we do not know, all right, we do not know how many were there. And there are four ladies mentioned right here. All right, so we're clear on this. All right, anybody doubt the data that we have here? Four women mentioned at the cross, one woman mentioned here, and then we've got a we. Okay, no doubts. All right, let's turn to Luke. Now, Luke chapter 23 is where we're going to start. Well, we want to see, we want to see a few things, all right? We want to see a few things. Uh, can we, is this, is this number correct? Is this the situation where um, we just have four reported and that's all there is? Or is there four reported and that's the only ones he mentioned? All right, we want to figure that out, all right? Uh, we want to see if there was only one person here to see if there's any evidence elsewhere. And uh, we want to see if we can get any better on this, all right? We will be able to accomplish some of these things. We will not be able to accomplish others. I'll let you, you know, find out which one it is if you don't know already. So if we go now to 23, Luke 23, verse 26. And as they led him away, they seized, and this would be Jesus, they seized one Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country and laid him on the cross. Oh, excuse me, laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there followed with him a great multitude of people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? It's a threat. It's a threat of the upcoming destruction of Jerusalem. All right. But what do we see here? There's a large multitude of people following and calls out women. All right. Why would he call out the women? All right. Well, what we'll find out is there's actually a, Jesus had a number of women followers. We tend to focus on the male disciples. Jesus actually had a number of women followers. And actually here, he has a group of them that are very concerned about everything that's going on. You know, Peter is gone and fled, you know, uh, various disciples. They're kind of scared of what's going on. The women are there, all right? They're very emotional about it, as you would expect. Close friends, their Lord. They're emotional, they're following, they're very concerned about what's going on, all right? Because uh, they love Jesus, and here Jesus is walking to, to get murdered. Okay. Yes, sir? Multitude, normally, normally you picture a mixed-gender crowd? I, I normally would. I, I normally would, but it is interesting that it here points out, and there's a reason for this which isn't clear here, but we see it elsewhere, all right? There's specifically a group of women. We'll get back to that. I don't know if maybe multitude was male, and then he's saying, and a big group of women, too. It might be. That's the case. Yeah. 
So how many women do we have? We don't know, but we have uh, a, a plural, all right? Probably a good number is the idea, all right? Not two, probably a good number at this point. Okay, so let's jump ahead to um, 44. So this is uh, chapter 23, verse 44. It was now the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, while the sun's light faded, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent, and all the crowds that had assembled for this spectacle when they saw what had taken place, returned home beating their breasts. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee stood at a distance watching these things. Okay, so now we have a little bit more clarification. So uh, there are some people who knew Jesus there, all right? And there was specifically a group of women from Galilee. Um, Why would you point this out? A, the readers may have known these people, all right? Now, where, was, where did Jesus grow up? Nazareth of Galilee. Nazareth of Galilee, okay. Uh, Jesus also ministered a lot in Galilee, okay? So certain people, like, for example, his mother, would be included in the women from Galilee, all right, and other people he would have known. Um, like it was all, all, we've already mentioned, uh, the, the sister of his mother, all right? And so these are likely to be Galilean women. Now, uh, where is Jesus right now? Is he in Galilee? No, we're in Jerusalem, all right? Jerusalem is in Judah. If you picture it here. And then there's a large chunk of land called Samaria. And then above that is Galilee. And so you've got a group of Galilean women who are following Jesus. And not just because, hey, Jesus is in town. All right, let's go spend time with the Lord. It's actually a group of women who are a long distance away from their homes. All right, so here they are in Jerusalem. All right, here they are in Jerusalem. It's Passover. Uh, they're following Jesus around. They're, they're staying in other people's homes. They're not actually at their home. They're out and about. So we have a plural of people. All right, now uh, what, what is our situation here? Now this is the death. All right, so once again, we have a plural, and we'll stick right here. Plural, and now we see that they are Galilean. Okay, these are Galilean women. Uh, I think there's more than four. By the way, I think there's more than four. But how many we are there? Uh, no one knows. Nor is it particularly important if you know if there's ten versus twenty. It's just it's just plural. Okay, well let's keep going. Um, now, there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good, the council, probably the Sanhedrin. It's um, my assumption there. A good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action and was looking for the kingdom of God. So you've got this, he's a dissenter. He's, he's a believer of Jesus, uh, or at the very least, is sympathetic towards Jesus. He did not agree with this whole plot to get Jesus killed. Uh, This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had yet, ever yet been laid. And it was the day of preparation. 
and the Sabbath was beginning. So this is Friday, and it was about to shift into Friday night, which would actually be the Sabbath, which is Saturday, right? (laughs) The women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ornaments. All right, so we need now to differentiate between tomb one and tomb two. Tomb one is pre-resurrection, all right? And this is going to be post-resurrection, okay? Now, John mentioned uh, Mary Magdalene in the post-resurrection. In the pre-resurrection all right, situation, we actually have how many people? We don't know, but it's this whole group of people, all right? So however many that is, let's, I don't know, let's call it 15, 20, doesn't matter. All right, the same group are here, all right? And why would you do this, all right? Well, if, uh, we'll actually get to that, all right? Because that's explicitly called out elsewhere, all right? And, uh, so, and so they go and they see uh, where he was laid, all right? Now, we can say at this point, why would they need to know this? They may not know Aram- uh, uh, Joseph of Arimathea, all right? They would not necessarily know where this tomb is, all right? And they do not have Google Maps on their phones to go find the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. So therefore, they go, we want to know where he's laid. So they just you know, follow the body to the tomb as a, as a body, all right? So there's a group of people going, all right? Any questions about this? Make sense? Following? All right, uh, chapter 24. Actually, before we get there, 56. All right. They returned and prepared spices and ointments. So this actually this fills out the two reasons why. I thought this was just another gospel. Why did they go to the tomb? Because uh, the body, they didn't have time to prepare the body. All right? It was about Sabbath. We need to take Jesus off of the cross before the Sabbath. Let's get him buried. And so the women, they go, okay, where is he buried? Okay. Now we know he's buried. And while it's Sabbath, we're going to go and prepare spices and ointments so that he can be properly buried after. Because it's their intention, all right? Seeing Jesus as a dead person, all right, at this point, it's their intention to go prepare the body. All right? All right, let's keep going. But on the first day of the week, all right, so this will be Sunday, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they prepared. Now, who's the they? It seems to be the same group, all right? It seems to be, because there's, and the, you know, this is all the women that had come from Galilee to prepare the ointments. On the Sabbath day, they rested according to the commandment, but on the first day of the week at the early dawn, they went to the tomb. So, in Luke's account, we have a fairly large group of women, all right? How many men? None, apparently. Yeah. The Net Bible just says the women went to the tomb. It doesn't even say the Okay. The women went to the tomb. Um, they, they went to the tomb, the women, all right? Now, let's see, let's see what happens next, all right? So let's continue. And uh, so at, they went to the tomb taking the spices because Jesus is dead. They know Jesus is dead, all right? And they know what to do with dead people. They know you need to not fully embalm them like in Egypt, but 
spices, ointments. Keep the smell down, prepare his body, be respectful for the dead, just as we do. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other woman with them who told these things to the apostles. All right, so Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, right? This is the report. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joanna. All right. Three people, right? Because if you listen to people saying these accounts are contradictory, there's only three women who were there and gave this report, right? Oh, okay. So, yeah, it says, and the other women. So, you've got plus, you're right, others, all right? And we're not guessing plus others, all right? It explicitly says this right here. All right. All right. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women were with them. All right. So that's at least five. All right. Because for other women, you've got plural. All right. You've got at least five women here. All right. So it's not three. So if anybody says there's three here and there's one here, they're just wrong, actually. I mean, just they're just not reading. Now, this one is easy to miss. Admittedly, this one's easy to miss. The switch from, oh, it's just Mary Magdalene, and then she says we. All right? There's like a continuous narrative here, and it is explicitly called out here three women's names and others. So if someone says this, they're wrong, obviously. Now, in what way is Luke contradictory with John? He's not, right? Four were mentioned here. He just didn't mention all the names. One is mentioned here. All right, he just didn't mention all the names. Actually, John does a lot of focusing on Mary Magdalene. So this is a particularly important character for him in in the story of Jesus. But we do have a plural here. All right, so there's actually so far no contradiction. So let's turn to uh, to Mark. I don't want to do any funny business here. All right, keep me honest. Mark 15. Hmm? <laughs> yes, none of those. All right, Mark 15. Uh, let's see, let's see. Now you've got in verse 21, you've got the compelled uh, to pass by Simon of Serene, who was coming, this is uh, Mark 15, verse 21. Who is coming in from the country? And Mark throws in this little interesting detail. This, I think, goes back to names and who, who people might know. It's the father of Alexander and Rufus to carry his cross. If it's just some random guy, why would you mention his children? 
probably because it's not just a random guy. Probably Simon converted, and his children were Christians. And if you're reading the gospel, you can go talk to these folks. That's, that's my assumption. That's obviously not called out there. But why would you mention them otherwise? Regardless. Uh, if we look down, all right, And if we look at like verse uh, 37. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly this man was the son of God. There were also women looking on from a distance. All right, women, plural. Among them, so clearly not just these women, among them. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, the younger, and Joseph, and Salome. When he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him, and there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. Okay, so we've got a many here, all right? So this is not six or seven. I don't know what the number is, but you've got a lot of women here, all right? Now, only a few are named, all right? Now, they're not the same. This is, it's not this list here, right? It's also, all right, so it's not this list, all right? But that's okay. I mean, he's just mentioning certain people that are there. This is kind of normal. We all have this thing. This is what we do. It's how we speak. All right, so 40, once again. So there were also women looking on from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and the younger, uh, Mary James the younger and of Joseph and Salome. When he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him. And there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. Okay, uh, let's keep reading. And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, Friday, all right, it's about to be Saturday, that is, uh, before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Um, Which, I mean, it would make sense that it might take a little bit of courage. You're coming and talking to the Roman procurator. Also, that guy just killed your Lord. All right, so, I mean... Courage. Pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died. And summoning the centurion, he asked him whether he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. And Joseph brought a linen shroud and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. All right, so now we have two. All right, saw where he was laid. So this was the pre, all right? Now, at the cross, I don't think there was actually a mention in this gospel, but you've got at least two, all right? Two named. Does this mean that there are only two there? No, it just means that there was two named, all right? Because in Luke, we had a group. Now, let's continue. Next verse. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome, it's three, brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. Okay? And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb, and they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone from 
for us from the entrance of the tomb. And looking back, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who is crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Go, but go. Tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. All right, so we've got here, all right, how many, how many women? Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, presumably the younger, all right, and Salome, all right? So we don't have we, Joanna mentioned, but you've got, you've got three, all right, mentioned here. Could there have been more? Certainly. You just got three mentioned here, just like you had two mentioned here. Now, what we don't have in this case is we don't have the report. Now, we know the report happened because the angel said, hey, go tell them. All right. And they, they went and told them, but there's no details here. And so we just don't have any information here. Right. I don't see anything contradictory yet. All right. Yes, ma'am. What's that? Does it say that in this gospel? Did I miss it? It's very possible. Where does it say it? Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. There were there were many in this one. All right. And how many women are named? There. All right, so you have three plus, three plus many. All right, so we actually have everything here except for this. All right, cool. Thank you for reminding me of that. We did read that earlier. You're right. Now let's go to Matthew, shall we? Matthew 27, if we will. Eric, does your Bible have uh, addition at the end of chapter 16, uh, Mark 16, 9 through 20? It does. Yeah, all modern Bibles do. Um, we've, we've discussed this before. Uh, most think, I also think, uh, it's a later edition. came in later manuscripts. Um, either the gospel stopped at that point in a, um, where we stopped reading on purpose, or the last page was just lost. All right. And you'll get different theories about which one. Yeah. So, uh, Matthew 27. Now, I think this is the gospel that, uh, let's see, yeah, 2755, let's do this, uh, 2755, so just, just before, you know, the, cent- the centurion had watched Jesus, and he says, truly, this is the Son of God, as we've already read, there were also, this is 2755, there were also many women there, looking from a distance, all right, who had followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee, so James and John, all right? So you've got many women, three named, all right? Three, uh, and, and uh, three does not make a many, so you got, you got more there. Uh, when it was evening, all right, continuing on, 
When it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who, was, who also was a disciple of Jesus. And he went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite. All right, the other Mary. So we've got pre, we've got two mentioned. All right. Two mentioned. The next day, that is, the, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember now how that imposter said, while well, he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he is risen from the dead. And the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers, go make it secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. And so Jesus had many times talking about, talked about how he would be raised from the dead. Um, it's, it's interesting to me how all his disciples, right, just Jesus is dead, right? He's just dead. But these religious leaders are actually taking this very seriously, right? Let's, let's put a guard and put a stone and make sure no funny business happens, all right? Let's, let's make sure this doesn't happen. Now, from the disciples' standpoint, they're all deflated. Most of the male disciples are just fled. The women, though, are still around, all right? Doing a much better job than the men. For, uh, chapter, chapter 28. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. And they, they had a discussion at that point. All right. So we've got how many people here? We've got two. Okay. Now, from a report standpoint, uh, you actually don't have a description of the report. You've got in verse 10, you've got, Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers all right, to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. So they are told to go, but you don't actually get them like you did in both of those first two Gospels we read, you don't get the actual report. You just get them telling the report. All right. um, so it happened, clearly, but we just don't know who was there. Okay. And so if we look at this, all right, you've got different Gospels who just have a different pattern of naming who, picking who names. Why, all right, well, why would, would Joanna be mentioned by Luke and Salome mentioned by Mark? I mean, I don't know. Maybe Mark knew Salome and Luke knew Joanna. I'm not sure. No one knows, and honestly, it's not very important, all right? Uh, why did Matthew mention these particular three? Mary Magdalene was a very a particularly important part of John's story, so that, the, you can say, why would he do that? That makes sense. He wants to focus on Mary Magdalene. But for these others, I mean, it's like, all right, it's like if Edward said, hey, um, Eric, I want to I wanna call and talk to you tonight, all right? And I say, Edward, I can't. Sorry. I'm going to see a movie with Catherine. 
Okay? That is factually true. We are going to go see a movie tonight. All right? But I left some information out. All right? I'm not lying to you, though. We are actually going to see a movie. And then, if someone were to uh, say, Catherine, I was wondering if I could come over and uh, let's, you know, let's, let's hang out tonight, watch a movie, all right, at home, I don't know, something awesome. And let's say this is Kim, all right, and Kim, so Kim says this to Catherine, and Catherine goes, uh, I can't, all right, we're a uh, whole family, we're going to a movie, all right. Now, is she more accurate than I am? There's more detail, but not more accurate. I mean, there's more detail, right? But she's still not telling you the whole story, all right? There's no, what's, what's the missing part of the story? What movie, is it? what movie and who else is going, all right? How, how many of you are going tonight to see the movie? How many are going? All right, three of you, okay. So the three Hale girls are also going with us to see that movie tonight, all right? And she failed to tell Kim that. She's a liar, all right? Okay, she's not a liar. I know. I didn't call myself a liar. It's not fair. She's not a liar, all right? She just didn't say all the information. I mean, it's not weird for us to talk this way. This is entirely... I'm sorry. I love you. Uh, it's, it's entirely normal. We talk this way all of the time. All right? Depending on who I tell it, I'm going to say different people are there depending on whom they might know. This is not weird. This is normal human behavior. All right? Now, none of these people were writing what we would ultimately want, which is a, here's a police-style report. I'm going to give you a moment by moment and list every single individual. That's not what they were even trying to do. Just like when we're talking about the movie and, you know, still, I'm sorry. Um, we're talking about, we don't need to give all the details. I still haven't even told you what movie we were going to go see, all right? And I'm not, just to give you, keep the suspense going, all right? This is normal. This is, this is how people record events. This is how people record plans, all right? And as a matter of fact, there is no contradiction. Now, if you read this, all right, and this is why I think, this is why I think it's important to point out these, these uh, women from Galilee, all right? You've got a, a, a number of women somewhat displaced, all right, from their homes. They're traveling down to Jerusalem, um, all right? It's Passover. There's actually, Jerusalem's very full at this point. I would actually expect, if you've got a bunch of Galilean women hanging together, all right, that this group is going to mostly be pretty large, all right? I don't think you're going to have just one or two. The way they're talking about it, these people were hanging out as a group. And so I think the most natural way of reading this, because you don't have all of these people hanging out at their houses because their houses are hundreds of miles away. The most natural way of reading this is you've got a big group of Galilean women and you've got different gospels mentioning. Luke is just like the whole group, the whole way through. All right, he's clear. He's just like everyone, and I'll call out some names, but everyone the whole way through. The others just aren't mentioning everyone. All right, yet... I don't understand, all right, why people would look at this and go, only two people witnessed it. Only three people, only three people, only one. This is a contradiction. Boom. It's all a lie. It, it's, you're just not reading. Or 
you just don't want to see what's there. This is, I think, a, the right way to look at it. And I think all the data is there. But for here, okay, for these, you can say, well, well, how do you know? Well, you don't, you know, I, can't, I can't prove it, all right? But both of these actually have textual clues. This is a good clue. This is explicit, all right? That this is what's going on. It all hangs together and makes really good sense. Uh, I, there's just no problem here, all right? There's just no problem at all. So anytime someone says confidently, here's these numbers, that's where they're getting them. They're specifically looking at this number, this number, this number, and this number, and ignoring the context of all this stuff and saying somehow that this is an ironclad case. Any questions or thoughts? Anybody would like to share on this? Well, and if you read differing accounts of other historical events, isn't the same thing going to happen? I mean, yeah. nobody is going to write the same thing ever. Yeah. So if you look at two different accounts of a car wreck, you're probably going to get different accounts too. I mean, this is, yes, certainly historical accounts, you're going to see this. Even modern accounts, you're going to see this. As a matter of fact, you know, this is one thing that when you're going and trying to do evidence of a situation, what do you got to do? You go talk to witnesses and then you cro you're going to cross-examine, maybe not in a mean way, but you're going to go through and try to figure out, okay, what did you see? What did you not see? Did you see this? And you're going to work on this, all right? This is, it's very normal for people when they relate things to not give all the details about all the things. That's, it would be, as, as I was awkward to Anthony earlier, it would be super awkward whenever, I, if I were to go around and every time talk about something at work, you know, I mentioned to Catherine, all of the people she doesn't know, all right? That would be super weird. So yes, this is normal. You're going to see it in other historical accounts. You'll see it in modern stuff as well. Yes, Chip. Um, people would look at these different accounts and say that there's a contradiction. I don't think there is. Each one of these uh, disciples and their writings, and they're going to differ a little bit from, because they have different perspectives. Yeah. Uh, what would really make it suspicious, though, if all four accounts were identical? I agree. That would make it more suspicious. Um, and also, and, and actually, I'll get to that in, in a second. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I was just going to ask if the guy who, the skeptic, mentioned the, the angels and that there's different numbers. Like, there's two in Luke, and then there's one. Mm -hmm. Like, do people talk about that, too? Well? They do. Because they do. it seems like yeah. that would make a big impression. I think that's a little more weird than the women not mm -hmm. being named or being named. Because you think if you see two angels, you'd be like, there were two of them. Yeah, they, they mentioned that as well. And like in one of the Gospels, you've got them saying, what do you imagine? Do you imagine when it says, and the angels said, here's this whole sentence, that the angels are standing there and directly both at the same time saying all these words in unison as they go, all right? No, I mean, if, some, if you have an angelic chorus singing, well, that's music and that's different. But you've got a report. And so you've got only you know one angel speaking, all right? And so I think that's, all you need. That's all that's really going on there, at least from what I can see. Um, but yeah, they'll point out that one and they'll look at some other things as well. But this one is like, I think, really clear. And one thing that I think is interesting about this, uh, everyone who would point to this, all right, to, and really focus on this, is ultimately, and I'm going to erase part of this, all right, if they think about how the Gospels were written, all right, what they're going to say is essentially this setup. So here's a race, a big chunk in the middle. 
Okay. All right. This is a, if you want the fancy name, this is called the fourth source hypothesis. All right. So you've got Matthew, all right? Matthew, the gospel, okay? And uh, what is Matthew's material based on? They would say a person named Matthew, potentially, or somebody who wrote it, and what Bill just said, Mark, okay? Because if you look at Matthew and Mark, they share a lot of material. Like not, something like a ridiculous number, like 90% of what's in Mark is in Matthew. It's a very large amount, all right? And so Matthew, they would say, is based at least somewhat on Mark. Okay, what about Luke? All right. What about Luke? They would also say, Mark, this is fairly normal. And then there would be Luke himself, all right? The four-source hypothesis. Oh, we're missing one, all right, because that's only three sources. One, two, three. And we've also got this idea of Q, all right? Um, and then they would say, because they see things that Matthew and Luke share that are both in Mark. All right, they both use Mark as a source. Then they see some things that they share and then have the hypothesis that this one did not read this one and vice versa, so they come up with another fourth source. All right, now why do I share this? All right, because if you've got Matthew using Mark and you've got Luke using Mark. How many witnesses does Mark have? Looks to me like we had three. But Matthew only has two. I mean, is Matthew a bad reader? Is Matthew a bad copier? All right. I don't think so. I think it's as simply as what we said. They're both using Mark and they just mentioned different people. All right. But those who hold to this, and I'm not sure this is true, uh, it does seem like Matthew and Luke use Mark. It does seem like that to me. I'm not sure all of this is true. I'm not sure this Q thing exists. But all of them would then say they're all, they're all you know, just bad readers of Mark here or something, all right? Because they're just blindly copying Mark, but one of them chooses not to. Eh. Uh, I don't think it's very consistent their position. And if that was too weird, just ignore it. I, I think the, the text is fairly clear as it is. It's normal human behavior. Mention some people, leave some out. You've got a clear vision through all of this that there are multiple women. Outside of John, it's like a many of women from Galilee walking around, which certainly John fits into because you've got four mentioned there and a plural there. So I, I, I don't know. My assumption is people try to use this one because they assume that people are just going to glance at the text and go, oh, yes, there was only those numbers. All right? And they're just not going to sit and read and think through the text. It's my guess. Um, what, what I can't explain is why some people who are clearly close readers of the text just refuse to see it. Because I think it's fairly straightforward. And sometimes when you have contradictory accounts of things, sometimes you, you go, they could fit this way. It's just hard to prove that they would fit this way. That's not what's going on here. We've got a big group of women, and nobody wants to mention all of them. It all totally makes sense to me. 
But for some people, that it's a contradiction. I just don't see it. Any other thoughts before we be dismissed? Because it's about time. Yeah. I, I, I've heard many people talk about this before. Okay. Did I do okay? You did awesome. Oh, thanks, Michael. But uh, what I've noticed is a lot of people that bring up these types of criticisms, mm-hmm. they are less interested in what the Bible says and more interested in just discrediting it altogether and there's mm-hmm. a huge lack of like charity when it comes to understanding something and I, I think that's a big problem and I think Great. if you are a Christian and you're evaluating some other world you, you should be very not not just taking cheap shots like a lot of these criticisms are just like lobbing as many as you can at the person to make them uncomfortable Yeah, they're not really all that effective at all once you kind of evaluate them so yeah it, it really is just like a lack of, of charity because this is very clear what we just went through is very clear and the original claim that there's different witnesses it, it just it's not right and it, and it's really it's not right and it's really obvious when they specifically give that numbers those numbers you're like but the clear text says otherwise yeah yeah i think you're right you gotta have charity you gotta have patience too right like you said, they're like it's like a total barrage. This, this video that I that friend sent to me was like seven minutes long, and it's just like barrage, barrage, barrage of, of various things. And what you want to do, right, which is what you have to do in a conversation with somebody, is say, okay, slow down, chill out, let's take one thing at a time, all right? Because let's try, let's just try to overload with information and not really think about the things. One thing at a time, we'll take them all. I mean, as you, like this one, all right? Somebody was like, oh, this is a contradiction. If you really want to look through, look through this, it's going to take you 15, 20 minutes, all right, to walk through it. And that's way more patience than somebody who just wants to have a fight, wants to take. Just take the time, right? Take, them, take, take the thoughts seriously. When somebody brings a critique like that, take it seriously and... What it means to take something like that seriously is to take the time. Eric? Yeah. Throughout these, this group of women were in, in Jerusalem for Passover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, some of them may have been, had some kind of direct contact with Jesus by being healed or knew someone. Mm-hmm. That's how they knew about him. With the trial and the procession, the crucifixion, since he was from Galilee and they had either heard of, heard him or heard of him. Yeah. Followed him there. I, I think so. And then, I mean, some of them were his relatives, right? We've got his mom mentioned, his aunt mentioned. We've got a mother of two of his disciples, right? Um, Mary Magdalene. All right, we've got. I think you're totally right. I don't. These are not random Galilean women going. Let's watch this guy die. This is not what's going on. This. Many women looking on from a distance who had followed him from Galilee, ministering to Jesus. So they know him. Yeah. 
They know him. Some of them, Jesus' whole life. Some of them, just like you said, doing the ministry, some of them may have been healed. Some of them may have had have family members healed. Many of them, maybe all of them, would have seen miracles and heard his teaching. And so they were following him from Galilee. All right? Yeah. Isn't it true that James directly related to Jesus? And where was he yeah. in all this? Did he go to the tomb too? Uh, the unnamed disciple that went with Peter. So, generally, people people look at James as the half brother of Jesus. All right, and so this you know, like the the son of Joseph, for example. All right, um, not to be confused with James, the son of Zebedee. Two different Jameses. All right, most people will say because James that James the Just, who would be the James the half brother, was martyred. I don't remember. The other one was martyred too, just different people, different times. It's easy to get confused. It is. Well, there are certain names that just happen a lot, right? How many Marys are there in the Gospels? There's a bajillion Marys in the Gospels, all right? Far too many Marys. Um, and so you have to have all sorts of qualifiers. Which Mary? This one is the mother of these people. Oh, okay, cool. You know, way too many Marys. Um, There was something else you said. I'm trying to remember that I was going to respond to. Uh, was he here? Uh, there's no textual evidence to say he was here. So I don't assume he is, right? I mean, and, and it's like, I mean, in some of the gospel accounts, there are many people here, all right? But the way they paint the picture is it's the women who had enough love for Jesus to stick it through all these things, right? That's how they paint it, which, if you're making up a story, is a ridiculous way to paint it, right? Because at the time, you don't take women seriously in court as much, right? What happened when they came to Peter? Do you remember? Uh, we actually read it. When they came to Peter and they told Peter what's going on, what did Peter think? It's an idle tale. That's what it says. Peter, all right, did not believe the women, all right? Right, but Peter did not believe the women. And so if this is some, like, you're going to fabricate some story, all right, this is like a really terrible way to do it and to convince people. Um, yeah. It also just looks really bad for the men. Like, it looks really it, bad. If they're writing these yeah. things, like, this is the most important story ever, but I didn't believe it for a really long time. Or, like, Peter, yeah. Peter's betrayal, you know, him denying yeah. Jesus. I wouldn't really want anybody to know that if I'd done that and then things turned out the way that they did. And so... I think the fact that it's the men writing these things and they're making themselves look really bad is kind of convincing. Yeah, it, it just doesn't make much sense to make that up. It's, it's totally the wrong way if you want to try to prove your point. And this is how we learn that often women are more righteous than men. And I have to once again apologize for calling you a liar. Um, I think that's probably true, right? You're not going to expect um, women to raise an armed rebellion at the time. So I do think there's that to it as well. But at this point, you do got, you have the men, but they are watching from a distance, right? You don't want to associate yourself. Sort of like Pilate, uh, not Pilate, um, Joseph. 
They're like, I'm going to go to Pilate, all right? And I'm going to ask for this. But he doesn't do it. He's kind of afraid of what's going to happen, right? Sort of how Nicodemus, right, goes to Jesus at night in the Gospel of John because he's kind of afraid of the consequences of going and seeing Jesus. So there is a lot of fear going around, right? And so, yeah, part of it's the men are probably afraid they're about to get crucified too. Because this is, I mean, there's, there's a number of failed messiahs in the first century. There are a number of Jews who had bands of people that rebelled against Rome, and every single one of them, Rome crucified and killed, all right? That's what you do with people who want to rebel against Rome. And so you've got with the men the same pattern that they, okay, let's lie low. The difference is none of the others came back from the dead. So failed Messiah, failed Messiah, failed Messiah, raised from the dead by God. Very different situation. All right, I'll cut the discussion short at this point. If you all want to talk about it more at uh, lunch, I'll be available. Let's be dismissed and go next door. Chip, will you please pray for us? Thank you.